This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, he made national French fry controversy earlier this week. He is an advocate for earwax removal, and he is a guest on his own show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin, and Chris Carlin joins us now. Have you ever had earwax professionally removed, Chris? No, no. And this is what I was going to bring up to you guys off the air. A, the fact that they are listening all the time because there is no other reason that that would show up in my algorithm. And number two, that Kenty was not interested at all in taking any sort of blame for this. Well, Well, how often are you on TikTok? I'm sorry, I got to interrupt here. Like, are you... Do you post or are you just like looking at the videos? I, I have posted before and it's... A lot of times it's stuff like, you know, from the booth when I'm doing a game. Okay. I did, I did some New York sports radio stuff back in the day. I haven't done all, I haven't posted in a while. But My I would f- say I scroll a good once a day. Are you doom scrolling or are you just like just scrolling to like pass the time? To pass the time. Okay. And doing it too, like before bed, which is a mistake. Yeah, I mean, your algorithm is really interesting. You and I have talked about this on this show. Just like yeah. some of the strange things that show up as targeted ads for you. Yes. You, you span the, the way, spectrum, my guy. I don't understand how we can Give, give us that. a little. And I'm glad you brought that, that up because yeah. the head shaver I got, that sucks. It does not work. <laughs> Somebody owes me $49. Good luck finding that, finding that guy. You know what's really calming on TikTok? I get the carpet cleaning. Have you guys ever seen these where a really dirty carpet gets cleaned professionally and you Mm -hmm. just watch it and you feel like you've taken a soul shower as you watch this go down? (laughs) It's like watching Dr. Pimple Popper. It is fantastic. Thank Um, God I got that one out of my algorithm, too. That was there for a bit. All the important things, I promise we'll get to the NBA playoff games, and and there's some Giannis drama, which we'll talk about uh, with Chris Carlin in a second. Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin with you. But we were in a debate earlier, and Diana Rossini of ESPN weighed in on this about tabs open on your computer. Mm. Um, How many tabs in an internet browser, Chris, is too many tabs? I would say if you hit double digits. If you hit, right now, as I told you guys during during the break, I have, I opened my, uh, browser not 10 minutes ago there's already four open so i would say during a show i probably have seven to eight open but i just do that for a quick reference to something that i want to look up but yeah I, I would say i would say anything above double digits is problematic Ooh, well then i'm the problem here on the show because i've got 14 currently open <laughs> the one thing that diana i forgot to ask her i'm going to ask you like the tabs on your phone, do you ever go through and clear those out? Because last I checked, that actually does drain your cell phone battery. Uh, yeah, I probably do it like once a week, and I'll have like 30 of them open. Yeah. And not even realize that I have 30 of them open. But Embarrassing yes. story. I was at a Cavs game uh, a couple of years ago with my wife. She was using my phone for something, and that day we had had <clears throat> an adult entertainer in studio with us. <laughs> And I had Googled the adult entertainer on my cell phone. And so she's scrolling through and she sees inappropriate pictures of the adult entertainer as we're oh, sitting there at a Cavs no. game. And it became it became an awkward conversation. Uh, I'll leave it at that. How long um, did it how long did the ramifications of that last? I, I think that I'm still feeling the ramifications <laughs> of it. If you want to know the truth, you'll let us know. Gotcha. Uh, Chris Carlin is the host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is 
Courtney Cronin, th- this was interesting. Giannis just posted a picture of Giannis on social media with the caption, I'm tired of the disrespect, I'm coming. Uh, Chris, who is disrespecting Giannis and Tetacumpo? Yeah, I wish I knew. Um, I, is it based off of losing last week? I, I mean, I, I I don't know anybody who would be disrespecting Giannis at this point. Is it? Is it because, you know, on the All-NBA defensive team, he's not going to get the love that he wants? I, I honestly don't know. Um, but as I think we see continuously with uh, athletes, it, disrespect is something that doesn't necessarily have to exist for it to exist in their minds as a motivator. So, and that's fine. I, I get that. Um, because what do we hear after every championship that's won? Nobody thought we could do it. Well... Probably not accurate. Most most people probably thought somewhere along the line you could do it. So, yeah, I, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, the only time that I would be interested in actually finding out the answer to that is if it he feels like it's coming from the Bucks organization and he wants out. And if that's the case, great. But I don't think that's the case. Well, he said at the end, I'm coming. Is he coming to the Knicks? Because we know that it's <laughs> unlikely he's going to sign that extension. Wendy reported that after they bowed out to the eight-seeded Heat two weeks ago. So if they're in limbo again with his future hanging in the balance, can you make me an argument about him in his best fit maybe being with a team that's on its way out very quickly from the Eastern Conference semifinals? Yeah, no, listen, I think there's a few things that have happened here. If – uh, I thought what was really interesting and in what Wendy said is the Knicks paying attention like, you know, as they're in the playoffs, 97% on the Heat and 3% on what's going on in Milwaukee. Um, listen, whatever it is, you do it. And if Giannis wants to be here and play with Jalen Brunson, fantastic. Um, because if this playoff run has shown anything for the Knicks and, and really should prove to their fans, like... All of the nice role players are nice role players. That's it. Julius Randle is barely above a role player. He's maybe a number three on a good team. R.J. Barrett is a role player. Um, He's been a minus in every game in this series. And to think that, like, R.J. Barrett and the picks kept them from getting Donovan Mitchell, right now you're seeing why those things don't pan out. They don't have a number one. Jalen Brunson is a number two. And you are getting beat by a number one and his role players. And this number one and Jimmy Butler happens to be a killer. And so, yes, if Giannis uh, wants to go somewhere, I think he would thrive in New York. I think New York would love to have him. And I think that um, there is a sect of Nick fans that has been through all the pain over the last 20 years, but that feels like we can't trade away our own guys they're all going to develop into superstars. No, they're not. They don't all develop into superstars. And at some point, you have to take the thing that's a given. So I don't think anybody would be trying to hold back on Giannis. If they were both available at the same time, would you pursue Giannis or Luca harder? Giannis. I'm not convinced that in a year or so, people are going to want to play with you, Luca. I'm not convinced of that because I don't know that Luca 
like I'm on the I'm on the fence right now. Does Luca want to win or does Luca want to win Luca's way? Um, that's what I'm interested in finding out. And I, I, we saw what happened. He obviously played well with Jalen Brunson, but it was kind of like Jalen Brunson knew his place. You know, um, he knew that he was the number two. Take a back seat. Do what Luca wants to do here. Okay. Uh, I don't know that in a within a year or so that people are going to be talking around the NBA like maybe this is not the guy we want to play with. All right, with the Warriors and the Lakers, when you look at Game Four, knowing that this is a Lakers team that is on the verge of eliminating the champs, did that did that game tell you more about the Warriors or the Lakers? Um, it, it told me more about the Lakers. I've been a, a, a Lakers doubter to a degree. Well, the minutes are going to catch up with them. Well, you know, they, they were so inconsistent throughout the year and all this. Hey, they they look like the team that they were supposed to be in theory and um, that they were, frankly, late in the year. Um, now, all of that aside, I, I would not, as much as I do think this series is over because I don't know that the Warriors are going to win three in a row, I don't think they will. Uh, it took, um, you know, Lonnie Walker to beat them. And it, it, even you saw Steph at one point kind of look up like, really? This is, this is how we're going down? You're going to lose to Lonnie Walker. Okay, well, it wasn't, it wasn't LeBron or it wasn't AD. Um, and so if you told them that Lonnie Walker is going to have 15 points in the fourth quarter after you're leading by seven after three, I mean, I, I think they probably would have taken their chances on that. Um, I don't think the Warriors, like, the, it, people are going to start talking about the dynasty being over. I don't buy that quite yet mm. because I, I still think that there's some meat left on that bone, and I don't think the Warriors are going to fold up tent on that this offseason. Even with Draymond, they, he has the opportunity to uh, opt in, and I think that he will do that. Chris Carlin's the host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Let's go ahead to tonight's NBA stuff. Uh, it's a pivotal game five and really a turning point, I think, for both organizations tonight with Philadelphia heading to Boston. And I, I wonder whether we've got two coaches potentially here, Chris, on the hot seat, that if either of these teams win in six, that whoever loses. I know Missoula just got his deal, but that's been a mess, and I think Doc Rivers, either he wins this series or he's gone. So what do you feel like is at stake tonight in Game 5? I think for, I think Doc is much more on the hot seat than than uh, Missoula is, and, and not that Missoula couldn't get fired in the middle of next year. I don't think they're going to admit that mistake that quickly after they gave him the extension at the All-Star break, basically. Um, and I think they will try to figure that out. But if you find yourself in a position where if Jalen Brown doesn't make All-NBA and can't supermax and he's trying to force his way out next year, that's going to get dicey. And that's where you'll, you'll see some movement there. Doc, look, the Sixers go out in round two. It's going to end up, Doc's going to be the one that pays the price. Uh, I would say that uh, based on the other day, you cannot see Embiid have the kind of moments that he had in the fourth quarter against Al Horford the other day. I was um, really sharpening up the pencil to go after Embiid had they lost that game because I that's not what a superstar does in that spot. So I, I think Doc's the guy that is facing a lot more trouble because he's the easiest 
frankly, to get rid of, and it's unfortunate, but that's the case. Chris, great stuff. Um, tonight, one other NBA game, Nuggets hosting the, Spur- the, uh, the Spurs. Nuggets hosting the Suns. If you're Denver, do you let Matt Ishbia, owner of the Suns, courtside for this? Uh, no. No, go enjoy the suite. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Grady made a great point. If, if I was a Suns fan, I'd be livid at him for saying don't suspend him. Shut up. You flopped. We got to try to get him off the court. <laughs> Take a, You took a dive. Stick with that. Come on. I mean, I think I think you take a look at how the NCAA does the Final Four in all the tournament games with the fans further away. Would it be mm. so wrong to have that idea that courtside seating goes away for game for you know all the playoff games? Too much money. <laughs> totally Too much money. agree. Too much. Oh, money. Also, can't you just count on t- two things here? Can't we count on people to just be decent? Number one. That's number- cute. Uh, I know. You're adorable. He has been so glass half full today. He was talking about the Knicks and the expectation for the season and thinking that the season, when it ends tomorrow, that it isn't a complete and epic utter failure. So he's been glass half full on that. I've taken on the role of you today, Chris. God forbid somebody bring a ray of sunshine to ESPN Radio. There's nothing wrong with that, but if Courtney has to play the role of me, that's not good for Courtney. That's not um, good for I'm anybody. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time being the adversarial one on the show today. <laughs> the, the, the other, you know, Chris, if you were a Suns fan, Matt Ishbia would be your hero, right? I mean, that was a Jeffrey Mayer, uh, New York Yankees going over the wall to rob the home run type of moment. Right, but I, I would not come out the next day and say you should not suspend him. Don't do that. No, shut up. Say nothing. Be lobbying behind the scenes. Did you see what he did to me? No, no, no. Absolutely. You would be fighting like hell to get him off the court because if you asked any one of those players, you know, the whole we want to beat them at their best thing, that's crap. Nobody remembers in the end what happens. Nobody nobody cares that the Bucks won a couple of years ago because Kevin Durant's foot was on the line. Um, are you willing, since he's not here, to completely blame Chris Canty for the earwax that won't get off your TikTok? Yeah, I I do, and he, it, it, it you know what it was? It was a dismissal. Uh, it was a summarily, uh, summarily handled dismissal on his part. Wouldn't even acknowledge. Wouldn't even engage. I think there's only one thing left to do. Tomorrow, hmm. I think that Chris Canty should remove the earwax. You should get one of those tools and oh, live gosh. on the air. I want. No. I want Canty to remove the earwax from your ear, Chris. He's going to no. end up like poking his eardrum out, and then we're going to have a really big problem on our hands when he can't hear. Plus, He I, literally has to for his job. Yeah, plus I have clean ears. I clean my ears. Yeah, I'm don't disrespect him like Come that. On. Come I on, got, gold hammer. Is it gross that I don't? I don't shove a Q-tip up there all the time. You don't like have to. to. A lot of times, showering in the natural, like you know, movement of water down your hair and into your ear will clean it, clean it out. But sometimes stuff gets stuck in there. Yeah. Fascinating. Now that we've had this conversation, earwax is going to be all over our TikTok too. So <laughs> we're stuck with Enjoy it. Enjoy that. <laughs> uh, Chris Carlin is the host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Chris. Good to catch up. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Um, up next. How much, Courtney, should we trust the Boston Celtics? I think they're facing a must-win game tonight at home at the TD Garden. We preview tonight's NBA action next. Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Courtney Cronin. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Back to Harden, quarter three. It's good. James Harden gives Philly the lead. 42 for James Harden. Smart gets off a shot for three. Hits it at the horn. But did he get it off in time? No good. I just watched the replay, Kesty. The fans have seen it. They've decided that game four goes to Philadelphia. It's a big-time win. We let the game kind of slip away from us, but to be resilient like that and everybody make plays, uh, that was big time. Well, the Celtics have the best team on paper left in the NBA playoffs, but tonight a huge turning point for their chances at championship number 18 hanging in the rafters at the Garden. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We go live to Boston for an update. Gary Washburn joins us now. He covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe, and he is on ESPN Radio. Gary, let's start with the mood of the fans how would you describe it after Boston blew a golden opportunity to go up 3-1 in Game 4 in Philly? Yeah, Aaron, uh, not good. Uh, very upset, uh, blaming everybody, Joe Mazzola, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for leaving alone, uh, James Harden for that open three uh, to put him ahead. So, yeah, a lot of blame to go around. Um, but, you know, they're, they still got three more chances. There's three more games left in the series conceivably a huge game uh and the celtics on paper like you said are the better team but they have botched uh two situations now to give philadelphia uh two wins and to even the series joe Missoula like owned that whole fracas at the end of the game i know he's not somebody who wants to use his timeouts but he said he could have used one when he saw jason tatum coming up the floor 
maybe a little slower than he should have because there was 14 seconds on the clock by the time he had gotten the ball after the Harden three. Like, do you think that that sits well with the Boston fan base? Like, is that something that they wanted to hear? The, like, admission of maybe I could have done this differently, hoping that maybe it will lead to different things from a coaching perspective in game five? Yeah, according to me, you, you hope uh, – the hope here is that he learned his lesson. Like, he's always been reluctant to call timeouts. He's a guy who likes to let his team play through situations, but there's been several situations this year in late game where he has not called a timeout and has not gone well. And when you lose playoff games that way, that's when obviously the fan base here and, and people who, who understand how this thing is going now. Milwaukee is out. Um, you know, Denver is struggling with Phoenix could be the Western Conference Finals as, as the seventh seed. The road to the championship is open for the Celtics, and they realize blowing games like this, blowing a chance to go up 3-1 is just critical, especially if you happen to lose the series. Obviously, the 76ers have James Harden, Hall of Famer, a guy top 75, and Joel Embiid, who's the MVP. So they have two great players on their team in addition to Tyrese Maxey and other guys. So Philadelphia can very much win two out of the next three games. So the Celtics have had a bad habit of playing with their food. They played with it against Atlanta and extended that series to six, and they're doing it again. So I think the fans want to hear that is going to be better. They don't want him to learn on the fly in the playoffs, but with a first-year coach, that's exactly what's happening. Gary Washburn covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe with us. Uh, Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Um, Gary, I'll serve you Jalen Brown's post-game comments. You know, I need to be more aggressive, go get the ball. That's what he said, but what do you think he really meant? I think he means for more plays to be called for him to not be a geek. And that whole uh, menagerie, that was the last play of the game. He was just standing there in the corner, like he was not even involved in the play. I think they've got to involve him more. Uh, now, he could, he's right, he could demand the ball, he could uh, be a little bit more offensively aggressive, but they also have to incorporate him into some of these offensive sets that gives him a chance to maybe take a game winner or get to the rim or get to the free throw line as opposed to playing decoy. I mean, he, he got off to a great start in game four, then suddenly five, like I think three shots in the fourth quarter, no shots in overtime. Like That's unacceptable for a guy who's likely going to make All-NBA this year. Well, part of that, too, and I'm wondering how this sits, knowing how this team's constructed, where I didn't hate the look that Marcus Smart took. And, I mean, it was an open look. The ball got to him a little too late because of Jason Tatum getting doubled on the baseline. But it feels like the role players on this team, Smart and others included, don't necessarily think to defer to the two stars in in Tatum and Brown. Am I reading that wrong, or, or do you think that there might be – I don't know, maybe like a little crack in the armor there where in these moments they should be deferring to those guys. Uh, Courtney, I think it's a point they maybe should at certain times, but also I think the right play is to hit the open player, like to hit the open shooter. Marcus Smart was open. Maybe Al Horford might have been open. They don't mind sharing the ball, the star players. Their philosophy is get the ball to the open shooter, and that was Marcus Smart, but it was – about a second and a half or a half second too late. Um, now, do you want Marcus Smart, who's obviously a very streaky shooter, do you want him always taking these shots? No. You want your star players to be able to take star player shots. That's what's happening in Phoenix. It's either Kevin Durant or it's Devin Booker. You know, in, in Denver, it's Jokic or it's Jamal Murray. 
But in, with the Celtics, sometimes it's like a confusion of, okay, who takes this? Um, what happens like in game four when Tatum gets triple teamed and then has to figure out on the fly what to do? So they need someone to step up and say, okay, I'm going to make this shot. I'm taking this shot. I'm making this shot. I am going to get us this win. Sometimes there's confusion there. Gary, the best player in this series for the Sixers has not been the MVP. It's been James Harden. How do you think the Celtics will change up the way they defend him tonight? Well, I think they hope that Jalen Brown didn't get an early foul. So he picked up two early fouls, kind of ticky-tack stuff. And that affected his approach toward Harden. And he had to play off Harden a little bit because we all know. I mean, he's, Harden is a master of drawing fouls, contorting his body, looking like he was punched in the face, and all that stuff to get to the free throw line. That's what James Harden does. That's what made him a Hall of Fame offensive player. So I think that they hope that Brown stays out of foul trouble. And then I think they blitz him a little all out of his hands, make him give it up, as opposed to getting comfortable behind a three-point line. In the games one and four, Harden's hit 13 combined three-pointers. Can't have that. You do not want him getting hot, then Embiid dropping a 30 ball on you so they've got to do they've got to cut the water off somewhere and it can't you know indeed i think you got to assume he's going to get his 30 but harden cannot get 43 he looked worn the other night and, and i think that that just goes to maybe those final possessions where in overtime where you think hey had they had different defensive matchups there they could have really capitalized on an Embiid who at times looks like he's hanging on by a threat how do they do that tonight um, like, do you, do you think that that's like the key for them to be able to get a win on their home floor and take a three-two lead? Yeah, they've got to play better defense against Embiid. But I thought they played good defense in the second half, and B got tired. There were certain positions he didn't even want the ball. I mean, to be honest with you, in the final possession, he didn't really want to take the shot. He, he saw Harden open in the corner and pass it out. Obviously, the the right play, Harden knocked it down. But I mean. In old Embiid or, or fresh Embiid probably takes on two defenders, takes a little short jumper, tries to draw a foul, he passed it out. So fatigue could be a factor with Embiid, but you also have to throw doubles at him. You also have to – the Celtics have been using guards against him. They have been trying to do, you know, just anything different, mix it up so he doesn't get used to the same defense. And it's been moderately effective, but when, when Embiid gets tired like that, Right, I think that's a game the Celtics felt like they had to win because that I don't know if that's going to happen in the fourth quarter. I think he's going to have plenty of fuel in the tank for Game Five. Gary Washburn with us, Boston Globe, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin with you. How would you grade Jason Tatum's performance through four games? I give him a C. I mean, like you look, I'll pull out, point out Devin Booker again. You point out. That that guy is carrying his team. He carried the two wins in that series when obviously Denver's a more talented team. Jason Tatum needs a signature Jason Tatum type of game. He needs to play like a first team All NBA player, which is likely to be when the teams are released later this week. Uh, so I'd give him a C, an average grade. I think he's been okay in certain stretches, but uh, he had a terrible first half of game four and kind of came back. Uh, in, in, in the second half and in overtime, but they need him to say, okay, guys, jump on my back. I'm taking us to victory as opposed to starting slow and, and chucking threes. They need him to be aggressive, get to the free throw line. So I'm going to give him a, a, a C at best for the first four games. Gary, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy game five. Thanks, guys. That's Gary Washburn, Boston Globe, national NBA writer. You can follow him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. 
That is at G Washburn Globe. They need Tatum to show up big tonight, and they need Tatum and Brown to reconnect with each other. Because I think when I just look at the rosters side by side, Courtney, I think the Celtics should win championship number 18. When you think about who's left, I think they look like the best team left, but that doesn't mean that they're actually playing like the best team left. Sixers, Celtics, game five tonight in Boston is a hot ticket. And our hot tickets brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Up next, what must the Sixers get from James Harden? We look at things from Philly's point of view. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Courtney Cronin. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Joel Embiid has that much-coveted MVP trophy, but tonight for the Sixers, for Philly, something much bigger than that is at stake. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. We're on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. I only have two tabs open on my internet browser. She is Courtney Cronin. She has 14 tabs open on her internet browser. And Game 5, 20. We had a break. I had to go check on a few things. Game 5 in Boston, Courtney, is tonight. Celtics and Sixers. I hope the uh, schedule page or some odds or something involving this series is on one of the 20 tabs. Philly coming off the huge overtime win in Game 4, and it feels like right now, because he hasn't really played like it yet, and the injury has been affected, right now is the time where Joel Embiid has to arrive in this series. I agree, and I think we're all collectively waiting to see it happen because you and I talked about this with Boston being the more talented team. They should be able, at, but when they're playing like this, they should be able to get out of the series and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. This version will not hold up against the Miami Heat, I can tell you that. But frankly, this series has been so hard to forecast because it's you've had two blowout wins for the Boston Celtics that they've been on you know the winning side of, and then two close wins for the Philadelphia 76ers, one of which came without Joel Embiid. The seventy the the Boston Celtics should have rolled through in those two losses that they had, but they didn't. And when we were talking with Gary Washburn, I think some of this has to do with that phrase that I don't think is overused at all when it comes to this Boston team that they play with their food. They they, yeah. they let a hard excuse me an embedless team score 119 points. Game five without Dejounte Murray in Atlanta was the reason that that series got extended. Like they can't keep doing this. And if you want to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, if you want to try to get back to the finals and, and finish off the job where you were last year, it comes at the cost of ramping up the intensity in yeah. ways that we have not seen them do on a consistent basis in this semifinal series. Lack of focus, Courtney, is one thing. And then I think that they just have done some strategic and tactical things in this series that I do not for the life of me understand. 
And some of that is, you know, calling timeouts or not calling timeouts or who's shooting the ball when. I think Boston needs to realize, everybody in that organization, just how good Jalen Brown really is. I know they're Tatum-obsessed, but I think there's a world in which Jalen Brown could play like the best player in this game tonight, and he could lead the Celtics to victory, but I, I, it just feels to me like Marcus Smart thinks Marcus Smart's the best player. Jason Tatum thinks Jason Tatum's the best player. They've gotten some good role-player contributions. They've not been smart in terms of strategy, and really it's opened the door for Philly. How healthy do you think Embiid is? It, it like... 10 is him at his maximum capacity, feeling great. One is he just tore his knee and he's lying on the ground in agony. I mean, he's got that brace on. That thing is noticeable. You can see it through his tights. And any he falls with such force onto the floor that, that I worry every time he goes down that it's going to be something he doesn't get up from. It yeah. has to go, you know, exit yeah. the game. That is a major concern. And that has been a concern for Joel Embiid in every playoff series, albeit like one since he got to the 76ers in 14 and, and all of those series that they made that they weren't able to get out of the semifinal rounds. You could point to an injury of Joel Embiid's and say that was kind of the hang-up for them. But I, I don't – how healthy is he? I mean, he's playing through injury. Like, nobody's healthy at this stretch. But, like, just like Jimmy Butler, he performed really, really well in Game 4, and he still continues to put up insane numbers. Yeah, and despite numbers the fact wise, that he's dealing with an injury to his ankle. I, I, sorry to interrupt, Courtney. I was just going to say, numbers-wise, Embiid, you know, I think had, like, 34 and 13 in Game mm-hmm. 4. So it's not like his numbers are terrible. But, but he's the, playing through pain. We, yes, we have to force, acknowledge that. In the this... force with which he plays. He went to Boston and got 50 at one point in the regular season and led the Sixers to a win. To win a game there, which they have to do in order to win this series, I think they're going to kind of need a performance like that. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. And then there's the James Harden thing, which this series is nine days old, Courtney. And I think James Harden's legacy has changed three times in those nine days. He's played his best playoff games and his worst playoff games in this series. And I'm just wondering which one of those two we're going to see tonight in Game 5. You, you made me think that, what is that uh, Charles Dickens quote? It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. That's James Harden in this series. And the roller coaster, like we we can talk about Anthony Davis and the roller coaster that has been his entire career, but really the microcosm of it in this postseason. Hey, at least he put together two consistent games back to back. James Harden goes off in game one and then falls off a cliff games two and three. And then in four, we saw what he did with the closeout shot in overtime. And let's remember, the catch and shoot is something that he has had to work towards. That is not a natural thing for him. Right. So I, I, it's impressive that he's able to get to that level, but then look like such a shell of himself in other moments. So your guess, honestly, is as good as mine, Aaron. I have no idea which version of James Harden is going to show up in Game 5 with the series now back in Boston. He didn't play particularly well there in Game 2. And if how you replicate what you saw in Game 4, I think, frankly, some of that's going to be dependent on which Boston team comes up comes to play because they were dominant in the fourth quarter. They were not in the first three quarters. To your point about Jalen Brown, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he wasn't taking shots and he wasn't aggressive. So all of those things playing into the 76ers' favor, can they get that on their own? I think they can. 
Will it happen tonight? I'm, I'm just not so sure because I just don't know which Harden to trust. You know, role players, it's a cliche and adage, always play better at home. But I think the Sixers need one of the two following guys to really step up and play great tonight. I think it's either got to be Harris or Maxi, and I think one of them's got to get 25, 27, 30, something like that so that they score enough points to stay with Boston because I don't think they're going to get that 50 performance from Embiid. No, I don't think so. And I, and I don't think that Harden's going to replicate what he did on Sunday. Very much could from like the three-point effectiveness, but I don't think it's going to be another 40-plus points for him. Yeah. Well, James Harden has not known for being a great playoff player in his career. He scored 45 and I thought played the best playoff game of his life in Game 1. He scored a combined 28 points in Game 2 and 3. Yep. And then he got 42 in Game 4, including the six threes. And not just the last shot. I mean, Courtney, he also made a couple of really difficult clutch shots down the stretch of that game to help the Sixers to a win. Up next, we shift to the West. Are the Suns actually better without Chris Paul? We get you ready for Game 5 in that series next. Corey, Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Andy and Carlin, the podcast.